Hello, my friends. This is Dan Jones with another quiet talk to share with you. Isaiah prophesied about 700 years before Christ during the reigns of four different kings of Judah. Much of that time, things seemed to be going well, especially during the reigns of Uzziah and Hezekiah. Good things happened, and it's likely that most of the people were happy with the direction of the nation. But the prophet saw the apostasy of the people and knew that God's judgment couldn't be averted forever. One day the hammer would fall. In chapter 1, he wrote, They have forsaken the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel. They are utterly estranged. Why will you be struck down? Why will you continue to rebel? The whole head is sick and the whole heart faint. From the sole of the foot even to the head, there is no soundness in it but bruises and sores and raw wounds. It was not easy being a prophet. So often he's required to say things that people don't want to hear. These words from chapter 30 don't just apply to Isaiah's generation, but to religious people in this day in which we live. Listen, for they are a rebellious people, lying children, children unwilling to hear the instruction of the Lord, who say to the seers, do not see, and to the prophets, do not prophesy to us what is right. Speak to us smooth things, prophesy illusions, leave the way, turn aside from the path. Let us hear no more about the Holy One of Israel. The temptation to give in, to to say what people want to hear is very strong. It's hard to stand alone for the truth when everyone is against you. But thank God for men like Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, and all the mighty prophets of God who were faithful in their day. Jesus said, blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The prophets endured suffering in this world, but are richly rewarded by God in the world to come. But If you have read Isaiah, you know that it was not all harsh rebuke. There is much encouragement in his prophecy, the longest prophetic book in the Bible. God made a covenant with Abraham. He promised to bless his descendants, even though he had to punish them often for their sin. The plan would be fulfilled in spite of the frequent backslidings of the people of God. Isaiah often looked ahead in his messages to that time of restoration and blessing. There's a natural division in this great book that consists of chapters 1 through 39 and 40 through 66. Interestingly, these two sections of 39 chapters and 27 chapters correspond to the structure of the Bible as a whole. The Old Testament has 39 books and the New Testament 27. The beginning of that second section, chapter 40, is one of the most precious and encouraging passages in all the Bible. It begins like this. Comfort. Comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, 
that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Of course, this is a look ahead to the future when God would heal the people of Israel. It shows us that God does not delight in punishing his people, even though that is necessary. As James said, mercy triumphs over judgment. And then this 40th chapter of Isaiah contains those words that are quoted in all four Gospels, a voice crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Of course, this was fulfilled in the ministry of John the Baptizer, who pointed everyone to the Christ. Even though, as John says, Jesus came to his own and his own did not receive him, still his coming to earth was the greatest comfort humanity has ever received. Jesus brought the comfort of redemption, the promise of forgiveness, and the blessed hope of eternal life to all who trust him and his finished work on the cross. The next section of chapter 40 has become very real to me in the last two weeks or so. On November 11th, I had surgery. When you're at my age, you don't bounce back from something like this as you did when you were young. These experiences are powerful reminders of the truth of these words. All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. When you're young and strong, it's, it's hard to envision the times that come on everybody when you're just not that strong anymore. I think when I was 30, I was in the best shape of my life. For a while there, I was running six miles a day, six days a week. I think I weighed 160 pounds, which is pretty slim for somebody six feet tall. I knew these verses then, but they didn't have the personal reality for me that they do now. The flower is beautiful for a brief time, but it withers, it fades. The same is true for us mortals. We have a day of glory, but inevitably the day comes when that glory fades away. On account of that surgery, I missed two Sundays at church. I don't like to miss church. I'm a preacher. Preaching is not just something you do. It's who you are. It's the way God made you. Some of the most frustrated people I've ever met have been men whom God called, but they didn't answer. It's very sad. Anyway, this past Sunday, I was there in the usual place doing what I do, but I was still weak. That morning before church, I read Isaiah 40. I read the Bible every day, but there are some times when it just seems that God is reading it to me. I hope you experience that. Sunday morning was one of those days. Let me share with you now those words that it seems God underlined in flame for me. After the part about the nations of the world being but a drop in the bucket and to God and the futility of idols come these two verses, Isaiah 40, 28, and 29. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not grow faint or weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. 
You will never know how that helped me Sunday morning. God gives power to the faint, to those who are weak and wonder if they can go on. To the one who has no might, he increases strength. I wonder if Paul had these words on his mind when he said, when I am weak, then I am strong. I couldn't close this talk without finishing chapter 40, the very last two verses, which come right after the ones I just read. I'm sure most of you know these. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. My friend, your strength is not in youth or fitness. Your strength is in God. Wait upon him. Look to him. Never give up your faith. He will strengthen your heart. I don't know what you're facing today. It may be a lot worse than having surgery and struggling to recover, but I know one thing. In Christ and in his strength, you can be an overcomer. You can win the battle. 1 John chapter 5, verses 4 and 5. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Precious Heavenly Father, thank you for sending the Son the Holy Son of God, into this world to become one of us, to share in our physical and human weakness, and to take that all to the cross, all of our sin, all of our weakness, and to suffer there and to overcome all the things of this world, all the weakness that we experience as human beings, the weakness of sin and just all the things that we encounter. Lord Jesus has overcome it all, and our faith is in you today, Lord Jesus. And I pray for those listening to me, that their faith as well will be in Christ. Jesus Christ is our strength, and we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Amen. My dear friends, some of us are seeking to plant a new congregation. I don't know how new it is. We've been at it for at least a year and a half or so, and uh, we meet in uh, Schenectady, New York, in the American Legion Hall, which is at 1809 Union Street, we meet Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. And if you're in the area, if you don't have a church home, we would love to meet you. Our fellowship is called Bread of Life Anglican Church, and we covet your prayers. If you're not in this area, not able to come see us, you can still pray for us, and we appreciate that so much. As always, you can reach me by email at father.danjones at outlook.com. May God bless you richly.